Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, Hawks fans. Your boy Bryce Lewis back at it again for another Believe in Hawks podcast. And it's finally over, guys. It's took five games, but the Hawks have finally broken the losing streak, getting a win tonight, 125-104 over the Toronto Raptors. And the second of a back-to-back, not in terms of back-to-back days, but second time playing this team in three days in Toronto. Hawks with their most complete game of the season, dominating on the boards, dominating offensively. And one thing we haven't been able to say a lot of this year, defensively getting the job done, allowing their lowest total of giving up points on the season tonight. So big, big there for the team to really get back on track. They made a few changes in this game. One that I mentioned in the last episode of this podcast, which I'll talk about and break down more as we break down this win. Also, we're going to talk about the Hawks. Trade rumors obviously going around. People are expecting the Hawks to make moves. I've said the Hawks need to make moves with this losing streak and just the flaws of this roster and roster construction. So we're going to talk about the rumors, what they're saying and everything like that. And we'll just go from there. So like I said, guys, welcome to the Believe in Hawks podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Let me be part of your day. Obviously, don't forget, if you're watching me on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe, like the, like the video, go to hit like voice some love. Also, same thing if you love my audio listeners, do the exact same thing. Leave a review, leave a comment. So they rate the podcast. I appreciate all of that feedback from you guys just to keep motivating me to keep giving you Believe in Hawks episodes for the Believe Podcast Network. So everything uh, under the sun is feeling really good right now. Obviously getting that monkey off our back, like I said, for the Hawks getting that win. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. The Hawks tonight needed this win in the most desperate way, and they were able to get the job done. Quinn Snyder making a lineup change tonight. I mentioned this in my last episode. I said Right now, the Hawks, without DeAndre Hunter and Jalen Johnson, don't have size. They need size. Bay and Garrison Matthews and or Wesley Matthews ain't going to cut it. So they made a change that I recommended. I said, why don't we play a Yucca Kongwe at the four? Remember, last game, they played a Yucca at the four. When he was coming off the bench, Yucca hit three threes. He seemed like he was playing pretty well from that spot. Tonight, he went ahead, made that the starting lineup against Toronto, provided that size, and then they really actually had a really, really good game together with him and Clint Capella. Uh, Clint Capella started off the game hot. I think he was 5-5 five of five to start. I mean, he was he was aggressive offensively and, and looked as good as he's looked in that role. The Kongu was active all over the place, and I think that really just helped this team kind of get out to the lead they got out to earlier. And one thing I mentioned on my Twitter, as you can follow me, Bryce for 2K, one thing I mentioned on my Twitter is I said – one thing about the Hawks throughout this entire season, not just even during this losing streak, but throughout the entire season, is they have struggled to end quarters and have strongly. A lot of the time, they'll play good in the middle of the quarter, and then they'll lose the lead, or the lead will get cut down a lot, or whatever will happen at the end of these quarters. And so it's like all the work you put in, you just lose. Tonight was the complete opposite. At the end of every quarter, maybe outside of the third quarter, the Hawks pretty much played their best basketball, and that's how they were able to slowly grow the lead over the Toronto Raptors as the game went on. They played better at the end of quarters, and that's really important. Sometimes you can start fast, but you got to be able to end strongly too, and tonight they were able to do that. They haven't been able to do that. That's what happened last game against Toronto. They did not finish quarters well, so Toronto was able to take advantage of that and be able to get back into the game and eventually take the lead. But tonight they were able to get what they needed to get in those moments. They played at a slower pace tonight. That's something I think we also got to talk about. Now, the Hawks obviously are such a high-scoring team with the pace of play that they play, top five in the league in pace. But tonight, they played a little bit slower tonight. And here's the thing, and I and I said this too. I think this team has shown 
they can score no matter any type of way. They can score points. You just got to get stops if you're going to win games. And tonight, they made more of a conscious effort on the defensive end. They slew the game down a little bit for themselves. And offensively, they were able to pick it up. Now, listen, you know, you may say first half, it's not like they had a 75-point first half, and that's fine. Because I always would sometimes say when the Hawks would score 70 or 80 in the first half, I'd say, but they also let up 60, 70 points. So in the grand scheme, we're focused on the fact they scored 80 points, but they let up 65. So realistically, and if you're scoring 80 in the first half, you're probably shooting it. You're probably on fire offensively, but eventually you have to come down. And so if you, and if the other team is not on fire, technically, if they score 65, that's not a good look. And that does not bode well for you moving into the next half over the course of the game. One thing Quinn Snyder also did tonight was he played a little more guys. Trent Forrest got some run tonight. Um, Trent Forrest is a guy who, you know, offensively, you don't really expect a lot from him. He, he, he pretty much won't give you much offensively. Anything he can give you offensively is a bonus. But in saying that, he is probably our best perimeter defender. He's, he has size, he's a little stronger than like Trey and Jante, just a little bit, you know, of a beefier guy. And uh, he he's just, you know, he 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 he, he helped uh, create problems for Toronto. He, he guarded Siakam, he guarded OG, he guarded the guys and made shots tough for them. And they were missing shots because of that. And like I said, Trent Morris is one of those guys where, you know, if, he, if if you're not able to get offense from him, I know why people get frustrated with him. He's not scoring. He's not an efficient option offensively. So if you're at a game where you're high scoring, it's like, oh, can you really play a guy like Trent Forrest? Tonight, he did it. Because like I said, Quinn knew he had to do something different than what he did the first game that they were going this game. And I said they need to do something different, and they did. So he got run tonight. No Wesley Matthews tonight. Garrison Matthews got got some run tonight. And I have to give credit where credit is due. Garrison Matthews played well tonight. I mean, and the thing about Garrison Matthews is, the funniest thing about him is, the thing about people judging players is, Garrison's not asked to light it up unless he just gets hot from three. He's just asked, can you make a couple of shots? Can you make a couple of threes? Can you play decent defense? If you do that, I am completely fine with what you're giving me. But I always think sometimes as fans, we watch these players and we just want them to give them so much more than what they're asked to. And if they struggle or they're not making shots, we just immediately assume they're the worst player ever. They they never should touch the floor again. And I think that's how we how people were with Garrison Matthews. Um, I I agree with not starting him. I don't think he needs to start. I think he needs to come off the bench. But I think it helped him. You know, he was able to come off the bench and just kind of play with a rhythm seems to have gotten a shot a little bit better. He's taken a couple of charges. He's made some plays on the defensive end of the ball, doing some good things, just little things, just little things that people don't think about that he was doing in this game. And he did in the last game. And that gave him the opportunity to get some run. I mean, like I said, he only shot two shots tonight, but he made both of them, both of them three points on 18 minutes, you know, because if you, if you think about the bench unit, they, they basically went back to an eight man rotation, but it was Garrison and Trent Forrest. So they went with that and it ended up paying off for him. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that was that was really good to see that from the guys. Um and if Garrison does that, I mean he'll be fine. Like I said, we'll see what the lineup looks like. You know, obviously when Jalen gets back and DeAndre gets back, but um it's just good to see that from the guys. I, I know that a lot of people are wondering with Yeka playing well at the four tonight. 
Uh, is that something the Hawks will continue to go to? I mean, we don't know how long DeAndre is going to be out. They say it's soreness, so it feels like he can come back any game. But you play Cleveland tomorrow night in a back-to-back. You know, if, if you don't have DeAndre that night, you're probably going back to this lineup, I would say. Now that obviously Cleveland's dealing with their injury issues with Mobley and Gar- uh, Garland out for uh, a few weeks. But you might want to go back to this lineup, see if you can have some sustained success. And then maybe even when you get healthy again, maybe that's something Quinn Snyder needs to think about. You know, maybe we need to go to this Ayeka Clint Capella lineup more often, potentially. If, you know, depending on matchups, again, if we're paying a bigger team, maybe this is the line we need to go to. Obviously, I know a lot of people want to see Jalen Johnson at the three, if that's a potential possibility. So maybe that's something he'll experiment with. We we don't know. I mean, it's something that um will be interesting to keep an eye on just with the rotations in the lineup and everything like that. So, like I said, really, really good from that perspective to get that. And then obviously Trey Young. Trey Young has been... Like I said, Trey Young ha- has made winning plays. Trey Young has played great basketball. He is just playing lights out. And, and, he, and he's doing what he needs to do to try to get this team over the hump. Getting charges, making plays, playing defense. You know, he's giving you 30, 25 plus a game. You know, he, he has done it as well as you could tonight. 38 points, 11 assists, 7 of 15 from three. He's actually shooting over 40% from three. Trey Young, even though he's known as a shooter, has never really been a great percentage-wise, a great three-point shooter. Last few games, he has been shooting great from three. Absolutely great from three. And that and that's been big for him, especially. In the last 11 games, Trey Young's shooting 42% from the three-point line. That is making him absolutely lethal. And remember, Trey Young has the ability to shoot from logo. He has the ability to shoot. Uh, from any part of the floor. And one thing tonight that I actually think really helped with the Hawks, and Dre Young especially hitting threes, was the fact that they did a lot of off-ball. DeJounte found Trey a couple of times. Trent Forrest, you know, different guys found Trey Young moving without the ball, and then he was able to get some threes. I've always said that Trey Young has been really good at the catch-and-shoot game. He just doesn't get the opportunity a lot because, remember, he's the point guard. He has the ball in his hands the majority of the time. But Trey Young is a guy who also can create havoc just without moving without the ball. And he did that tonight to Toronto. Like I said, a lot of his three-point shots also came off that off-ball, kind of ran to a spot. He got it to him in the spot. He knocked it down. And that's what you want to see right there. And, you know, you continue to get that production from him. You know, you're feeling pretty good about what what he what he's giving you, you know. And and I think get, getting 38 tonight from him was 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 crucial for what they needed to do for this team to be successful. A uh, couple of statistics last few games for Trey. 38, 35, 19, 30, 32, 45, 13, 33, 26, 43, 38. All those games, his lowest assist total was seven assists. His highest was 17. The last 11 games, you clearly see this man, Trey Young, has played, like I said, some of his best basketball. And, you know, and he's a guy who I, you know, people always have said Trey Young gets a lot of hate, gets a lot of um, just a lot of negativity from the media, gets a lot of that. And, you know, he's he's came back in these last 11 games, especially, and has just balled. He had that slump to start the season. A lot of people were worried about Trey. What's going on? What's going on? And I always said, people, Trey has to make the biggest adjustments the way they're playing. And I think that's going to happen. He adjusted and then he finally got a shot right. And boom, now we're back where we need to be with him looking like he has potential to also make the all-star team again this year as he's playing as one of the best guards in the Eastern Conference right now, in my opinion. So, and then, you know, that's been great. And then obviously don't get me started on Bogey. Bogey has been 
playing some of his best basketball in the last week as well. 40, 20, and 20 again. He scored a total of 80 points in three games. Bogdanovich, everybody, he has been a he, – he was a guy who I think we all knew when Quentin Snyder came in with the system they wanted to run, with them giving him that green light. He was one of the few players who would probably be able to thrive off this the most because of that. And he has, especially because of the fact that they have given him that green light to go out there, take threes, be aggressive offensively, because you can you can be a very dangerous offensive player that teams have to worry about on a day-in, day-out basis. And that's what Bogdanovich has been. And listen, if you watch FIBA basketball this offseason, everybody saw Bogey looked healthy. He got that knee surgery, cleaned that knee up. That man looked great, and he's been continuing that going into the season for the Hawks, as you've seen in his performances as of recently, and just throughout this entire most of the season. He has been one of our most consistent players. So overall, from Rogi's perspective, he has been doing what he needed to do with tonight. He has been crucial right now with a bench that you may feel like is very depleted. He's still been very big in that in that realm of just giving this team that type of production that they need off the bench from their sixth man. And that's been helping them, you know, just try to stay afloat, even through losing that he's always had these good games. And tonight, good to see the team really come together and really put a complete game together um, in this one. A couple of stats also that stuck out. Like I said, Hawks won the rebounding battle, 55 to 32, 16 offensive rebounds. A lot of that because of Clint Capella and Ayaka Kongu both had double-digit rebounds. Shadiq Bey also had 10 rebounds tonight. They had a total of 36 rebounds between the three of those players. They were active on the boards. DeJounte had seven and Trey had five. The entire starting lineup was active on the boards. Team gang rebounding. That's what you needed to see. Today was one of those games where if you watched it, you saw the Hawks just play really good team basketball. And I think that's the key. Sometimes you see the habits and it just doesn't seem like it's good team basketball. Tonight, it was good team basketball. Tonight, we got the team basketball that was needed, and they were able to show it and played well doing it because that's how they're going to win. When they went on that on that four-game winning streak, they played really good team basketball. Yes, you had your DeJounte Murray big game, but I feel like everybody still kind of understood what they need to do and play well in that role. So now the question I think people are having, coming off a win like this and playing the way you did and winning and having one of your best defensive points of the season, how do you build upon this? How do you continue to grow? How do you continue to improve? And listen, we know, which I'll talk about here in a minute, the trade rumors and, you know, the team, they're saying Hawks don't make moves. And, you know, I, I still expect that to happen. But I think right now, if you're the Hawks and if you're the front office and you are evaluating this roster and you are trying to decide, you got to decide, okay, who are we thinking we can move? Where can we make our upgrades? That's going to be the big question of what happens with this team moving forward. So, you know, I have I mean, people have already made a lot of suggestions. I think Bogey is one of the main people who should stay. Trey, Jalen, probably as well. I usually would keep a Kongu just because I want him to be a starter while he's here. But like I said, I'll dive into that more in a minute. But overall, um, like I said, you really want to kind of build upon this if you're Quinn, if you're the team. You want to kind of see, okay, this is what we did last night. We're playing against a Cleveland team who has some injuries coming up. You want to kind of see, can we kind of play this type of basketball again? And, you know, some people were tweeting. They said maybe maybe with the way they played tonight, have the Hawks potentially figured some things out? Have they potentially maybe figured out a formula that could maybe help them stack wins? I've said, I said this after the game, too. I said, listen. 
Got to get a winning streak started, but of the winning kind again. You had that losing streak. You lost two straight to win uh, begin the season. You won four straight. You've lost five straight now. How do you respond? Got to get another winning streak going just to make you feel better about this team. And also, now you're fighting to get back to 500. So if you get back to 500, now it's like, okay, a reset. Let's see where we are. And let's continue to ground. Let's continue to go. And let's continue to move forward. So overall, just really good team basketball tonight from, from everyone. Like I said, you still were able to score 125 points playing at a slower pace. That could kind of show you the Hawks could score in different types of games. The key to the Hawks, and that's always been the key with the way they play offense, is they got to play defense. If they don't play defense, scoring won't mean anything because everybody in the league can score realistically. So if you can't play defense, eventually the teams who can play defense will beat you. You know, 34 assists tonight. You need that type of ball movement. 12, only 12 turnovers. You know, you you pretty much dominated statistically across the board, and that's what you really needed tonight for, for you to be successful. And like I said, to beat Tor- Toronto and not have this losing streak continue moving forward. So, like I said, something they can definitely build on. Like I said, they play Cleveland tomorrow night in a back-to-back. So, hopefully, we'll see this continue to kind of, you know, uh, you, you hope to see this kind of uh, grow and develop and hopefully can be built upon moving forward so this team can find some success now at this stretch of the season. Because right now, if you look at the next few games coming up for this team, you got Cleveland with injuries. Then you got Detroit. You win you, you, those two. Those are two very winnable games. Now you're on a three-game winning streak going into to the Houston game. And Houston's a good team this year. So that's not obviously going to be easy. But, you know, get your three-game winning streak, make you feel better. By that time, you'll be 12-14 and 14 getting into that game. And if you're able, I mean, because because then you play them in the heat. Obviously, those are going to be some tough games. But then you get Memphis and then Chicago and then Sacramento. So you're going to have some winnable games, but you're also going to have some losable games. But if you can take a couple of those games against guys like the Heat, guys against Houston, that can really bode well for this team, like I said, as we get moving forward closer towards the trade element. So definitely good to see there. But now we got to talk about the trade rumors. Obviously, you know, Trade season is about to start up again, guys. Obviously, teams are starting to start making calls and start filling things out and kind of keep monitoring things. We're in you know middle of December trade deadlines in early uh, February. So for the next month and a half, we're going to hear all types of trade rumors. We're going to hear about players connected to teams, who teams connected to players, uh, you know, what teams may be willing to give up a player for. We and you don't know if it's true or not true. Is this is you know what what is this just leaked information to try to make a another team make a better offer? I mean, we're gonna hear it all the next month and a half, and the Hawks are gonna be very much involved in that. Um, the team that we've been connected to is Toronto. Pascal Siakam continuously connected to him. Uh, belief is that from rumors is that Siakam or OG Ananobi will be moved. So obviously, if the Hawks move or make a move, it'll probably be for Siakam. Also, Lori Marketing has been brought up for the Hawks as well. That's been a debate on Hawks Twitter uh, about Lori Marketing or Pascal Siakam. I'll ask you guys, which which guy would you rather have, Pascal Siakam or Lori Marketing? I kind of feel like that. Um, somebody made a great point, and this is true. What the Hawks need is defense, and Lori Marketing is not a defender. If you get Lori Marketing, all you're doing is adding offense. And again, this is not a team that needs offense. They need defense. So Pascal Siakam would probably be the move I would make if they did make a move between the two of those players just because of that. But, I mean, obviously, they that's a team they'd be connected to. I mean, Zach Lowe said that this team's going to look different, potentially a lot different after the trade deadline. 
So people are wondering who could be moved. What who is that? You know, obviously Dejounte uh, went, I guess, viral. Not like viral, viral, but viral on Hawks Twitter because uh, he liked a couple of tweets. His dad tweeted about just you know how bad the team was looking, basically saying this is straight uh, circus. And then after that, another guy tweeted under his dad's tweet and said that. You know, they've been ruining DeJounte's rhythm by not giving him consistent minutes and stuff like that. And he liked that tweet, too. So a lot of people were wondering, is that DeJounte kind of hinting that he's unhappy in Atlanta, that he may want to leave? Um, You know, we don't know. Obviously, you know, DeJounte is a grown grown man. He can do what he wants. Uh, You know, and no no reason to ask him what, what he means. I mean, if he wants to address it, he can address it, but he doesn't have to address it at all. But, I mean, overall, I mean, you know... I think that we, we we don't know if that really means anything or not, realistically. Um, I mean, personally, for me, I, I think, you know, DeJounte could be potentially in trade talks. But I also feel like, again, you're not trading DeJounte unless you're getting a significant player back in return. And in, in the Pascal Siakam trade, you're not really going to need DeJounte. So, again, who would you trade DeJounte for, realistically, that you could realistically get? Because let's say you give up. Let's just say you give up DeAndre Hunter, AJ Griffin. Let's just say you give up Kobe Bufkin in a first for Pascal Siakam. Well, it's like, okay, well, you just traded away a guard. <laughs> so you traded away AJ, who could have been a backup too. You really don't want to trade DeJounte away unless you're getting another good guard back. I know some people are going to try to connect the team with Zach Levine. I don't know if that's something the Bulls will to do. Um, that's obviously a possibility people will talk about. I, I don't really see him being moved. Hunter seems likely to me. Capella could be. Capella is always going to be the could be, depending on who needs a center type thing. I mean, you know, maybe Capella would be really good in like a three, four team deal potentially with a team that maybe is trying to make a deal somewhere else. Hawks can maybe sneak in there, try to see if they can get something out of it potentially. I mean, all these are potential possibilities. So, you know, you know, we don't we don't really know what what the, what this team is trying to do and who they're trying to move and what they may w- want to get in game. Um, you know, I, I talked about roster construction last episode. You know, I just feel like the death isn't there. The Hawks have been deep in previous years. They've been able to go 10 deep. Hawks can't go 10 deep anymore. Uh, they, they're, they're, their top eight is one of the best top eights in, in the whole league. But outside of that, once you get past that, you start getting on shaky ground a little bit. Don't know who's because AJ's not consistent, and I don't think he's fitting what they want to do. Plus, his role here just may not fit what he needs for him to develop. Um, and also, I mean, you got the Matthews, you got, I mean, you got some young players that you are developing for the future, for future years, not for this year. Um, so right now, you don't really have a lot of depth on your roster outside of the eight. So if you have some injuries, that could sometimes make it really, really tough. But overall. You know, I, I think that the team's in, in, in a good place. I think the team's in, in a good um, a good stratosphere, I would say, right now. Um, in terms of, of, of healthy trade talks and, and being involved, I think the team's going to be involved. We just got to see what crazy rumors we'll see come out and what moves actually are legitimate. That's going to always be the key for these trade deadline, these trade situations. What actually is legitimate? What actually is the truth? What moves are legitimately being discussed with this team and whoever they talk to? You know, and that's something that I think a lot of people are going to look at. A lot of people are worried that if we continue to lose or if we 
continue to go, you know, not be able to build upon this win, you know, Trey Young might ask out. Again, I don't see him doing that. Trey Young, if he ever did something like that, it would be more of an off-season thing. Uh, it wouldn't be a during-the-season thing. He wouldn't want to do that to the team and to the organization and become a distraction like that. So I could, highly, I could I highly, highly doubt that being a possibility there. Um, You know, obviously you have to look at, you know, what, like I said, you, you, the one thing about when you're making a deal and you're trying to make a trade is you never want to just make a trade to make a trade. You want to make a trade that benefits you and makes you feel like you're not getting fleeced unless there's a player you just have to move off of. Like John Collins, but you just had to move off of him. Hawks may not be in a position right now where they're like, we have to move off this guy. So they, they may be fighting for more value from a trade, fighting for a better, like, are we getting things that we need? Like I said, even if you get Pascal Siakam, you still need wings. I'm seeing people adding Bay in there. I'm like, you trade Bay and DeJounte and AJ. What? We have no wings still. It's just Jalen. What wings do we have after that? Like, that, that that doesn't solve the problem. Like, one of them gets hurt. We're right back where we started. Got to get some death. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. You got to. So don't be surprised if the Hawks maybe don't make the, the splashy trade first. They may make a death trade. They may be. I mean, I don't know. They may trade a pick and a player for another guy who, you know, looking for a fresh start, can play some decent minutes. Also, don't be surprised if the Hawks potentially are active in the buyout market this year. The Hawks really have not been traditionally a buyout market team. Just because buyout market teams are usually the playoff teams because they don't usually have cap, that could be something the Hawks may even explore with that, just to help with death, get you a nice veteran who can come off the bench um, and, and, play, and play some good minutes if when called upon. I mean, that is definitely a route they could go down to help with the overall um, the overall status of things. So that is something I think indeed could also be in the cards for this roster. Uh, so buyout market, keep an eye on names that you may hear potentially get released. We all know guys get traded in trades and, have, and the team has no plan of keeping them. So that also is another avenue the Hawks could go down. Uh like I said, you're going to continue to hear this team in multiple rumors as time goes on. Um, and then we're going to have to see what happens with this team as, as, as they develop. But right now, if you're Quinn Snyder, what you're just trying to do is work with the guys you have, develop, um, and then find a find ways and different things that work. I mean, the Hawks tonight, they did some different things somatically tonight. They did more Spain pick and roll, a, a, a type of pick and roll that I think they have always had a ton of success with, even during the playoff run in 2021. A lot of that offense was Spain pick and roll, and that's what was able to make uh, them such a hard guard. The Trey floater or the John Collins dunk three-pointer or mid-range shot was really tough, and it helped both every the offense kind of be harder to guard. Um, they did more drop coverage tonight in the pick and roll especially. Um, I think that worked better. They also did more offense that allowed Bay to drive. That's why he was much more effective. He's been in he's probably – his three-point shot hasn't been there in the last few games, but, he, I mean, he he's shown you, man, with his strength, he can drive to the basket and finish. He gets a lot of and ones, and I think that's something that they need to continue to do. Because, like I said, one thing, too, about things within this offense is learning how everybody can be successful and flourish with, uh, in it. And that's not something sometimes you're going to get in week one, week two, or even month one. Something that takes time, and it seems like he's starting to kind of understand, okay, do this. This guy can do this. This plays. This player plays well with him. He seems to be really good when we ask him to do something like this. And listen, Bay's having to do a lot because of the injuries right now. But you know, it'll be interesting to see with some of the things that Quinn maybe has learned over these next these last couple months. 
how the team will look when the team is fully healthy again. Like I said, uh, Steve Holtman uh, said on 19.90 game, he thinks Jalen Johnson should be back soon. So hopefully Jalen will be will be back uh, and playing. We need him. Um, and I'll be excited to see what he can do uh, coming back from his injury. And then, you know, Hunter hopefully will be back at some point. Like I said, we don't really know. It doesn't. They, the injury report doesn't make it seem like it's serious, but he's been out last three games, so hopefully he'll be back really soon for the team as well. So we're going to have to keep an eye on everything. But like I said, good job for the Hawks tonight, getting a good win tonight over the Toronto Raptors, 125-104. Uh, to get back in the win column, much-needed win for this team, much-needed much win. Uh, hopefully can build upon this. Like I said, going against Cleveland tomorrow, hopefully they can build upon that and continue to grow and get better um, and try to, like I said, get a winning streak going so they can, you know, continue to move forward and get back to 500. So, you know, like I said, guys, this is your Believe in Hawks podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Bracey underscore 2K. Also, don't forget to listen on YouTube, like and like and subscribe to the to the channel and like the video. And then also on audio, don't forget to leave a review or a rating as well. And show your boys some love. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in to the Believe in Hawks podcast for the Believe uh, for the Believe Network. It's your boy Bryce Lewis. See you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.